0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, when you get into an argument, generally speaking, you usually have the same song and dance for most people. The argument is uh, generally routine in the way in which it unfolds, whether it just happened or happened years ago. What happens is that you usually stop talking to the person that you're angry with. If you walk by them, you walk by them in silence. If you're forced to be around them, you, of course, ignore them. And this can go on for days and weeks, months, years. Even generations will pass with anger and loathing for others in our hearts. All the while bitterness continues to brine away. As a Christian, you know that this is corrosive. You know it's corrosive, this is the corrosive nature of a sinful fallen person, and that it's not good for you, and you can feel it. That bitterness has made brittle your whole attitude. Your speech is sharp, your eyes are beaded against the one who had hurt you. And you exist as though they do not. And even though you feel justified, you do not feel justified, but empty. Or at least full of anger, which is a kind of emptiness. But still you say nothing. And while you say nothing, the Lord's mandate to forgive continues to weigh heavy upon you because you do not want to admit any guilt or forgive. The psalmist laments in kind. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand, Lord, was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. The common condition of man is to be swept up in the silence of sin. But our God did not speak the world into existence for it now to return to a corrupted deep void of nothingness and to now be corrupted into silence. The Lord has created us to love him as he loves us and we in turn to love one another as God so loved the world. But the psalmist writes about what we all know all too well. Sinners do not want to speak to each other when they feel wronged. They do not want to break the silence. To break the silence is a kind of admission of guilt which we do not want to admit. And the unspoken rule is that whoever speaks first is, of course, the guilty one. It's like when a dog rolls over and bears his chest to the alpha dog showing his submission to him. That's not what we want. We want to win our arguments, not cower. Who willfully puts their leash into the hand of their enemies? Who would do such a thing? So although we are weak, we go about as tiny dogs with big barks, hoping that the lie that we're living doesn't catch up to us. But time, we quickly learn, doesn't heal all wounds. And God is unimpressed, for neither we nor our neighbor are healed by this pride. Instead, our silence only helps to exaggerate the conflict when a quick word of confession and forgiveness is all that is necessary to be unburdened. O Lord, help us to pray this petition. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For you do not want the Father to look at your sins or to deny your prayer because of them, But pride over time is a recipe for this kind of disaster. While forgiveness, forgiveness is always a present gift. Forgiveness is always a wonderful possession. Forgiveness is always a wonderful blessing from the Lord. But God is just, and he must punish sin, since he is good and perfect. God punishes what violates his nature of absolute goodness and truth. Sinners cannot help but to violate God's nature. So for our sake, for the world's sake, the Father sent his Son, he sent Jesus Christ to be our covering, to cover our sin and our sinful ways. And many of you, maybe all of you, know the story well. All the world's sins are laid upon this one, are laid upon Jesus at the cross, his cross. That our transgressions be forgiven, so that we can say, with blessed lips, that all our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. And where this covering is rejected, then upon that person is all God's wrath for sin laid, though that is not God's desire for you or anyone. But where Christ's covering for sin remains, there does God's forgiveness remain and abide in him. Now consider who it is that gives us this prayer to pray? Who it is that gives us this petition on forgiveness to pray? Jesus gives us to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus wants us to pray that the Father's will be done in his death for sinners. In a marvelous way, our prayer for forgiveness is a prayer of thanksgiving for the death of Jesus the only begotten Son of the Father. Every time we are forgiven and every time we forgive our neighbor, God sanctions his blessings upon us through the death of his Son. And the blessing is not riches or fame or any sort of thing, but the blessing is the gift. The blessing is forgiveness. It is our sins being covered, our iniquities not being counted against us. It is the spirit of an honest faith that trusts in God's mercy. It is the gift of His divine grace. No one is guiltless. No one deserves anything but condemnation. But God has turned our hearts toward Him to confess our unworthiness. Faith agrees with the psalmist I acknowledged my sin to the Lord, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you, Lord, forgave the iniquity of my sin. We daily sin much and only deserve punishment. But the Father in his grace through his Son has rescued us and now hears our prayers because of the grace won by his Son who dwells upon us and covers us And all of our sin. And from this grace, from our forgiveness, comes the fruit of all our forgiveness. So that when we forgive, we can say it is because we believe in God's forgiveness for me. If God forgives me, who am I to keep that same love from another, even my enemy? And if God has blessed me with forgiveness from his goodness, who am I to keep what is good from anyone even those who sin against me. So finally, we can either live like dogs, barking because of the fear of our enemies, or we can live as forgiven sinners, not fearing anyone, because in God alone do we fear love and trust. Do not misunderstand what Christ-like forgiveness is. Forgiveness is neither a weak nor strong act of man, but is always the love of God for sinners. So when you forgive, it is not you being anything except who God calls you to be. To forgive is simply to be a Christian, loving God and loving your neighbor. To forgive is to live as God created us. To forgive is to live as the Son redeemed us. To forgive is to live as the Holy Spirit continues to call us, by his gospel. Amen.